Well, I don't know about you, but that video does a pretty good job of capturing uh, what this month has been like for us. Just a lot of busyness, a lot of chaos. We've been everywhere from, uh, you know, different Christmas performances, family gatherings, getting ready for the festivities of, of next week. It's all just kind of been a whole lot of chaos in the midst of this Christmas season, a whole lot of busyness. And it's one of the reasons why I've enjoyed our Sunday morning worship gatherings so much because I know for us, I hope it's been for you, this has been just a place where we can take a deep breath and relax. We can just breathe and remember uh, what Christmas is, is all about. Um, we found this to be a place of, of peace. Hope that you found that too. I also hope that you'll come and join us tonight. We have our Christmas uh, candlelight worship service um, at 6.30 p.m. right in here. Uh, it's going to be so neat. We, we, you know, it's going to be dark outside. We'll have some candles that are lit, the Christmas lights. It's going to be a beautiful scene for us to come and, and focus our hearts and our minds on the birth of Jesus and kind of just prep us as we enter into the busyness of the next few days. You know, the, the, the Christmas season... Is, it's one of those times, it's kind of like ironic, it, it's a time like where we talk a lot about peace, but it's also a time where a lot of people experience like heightened anxiety, um, a heightened sense of stress maybe for you. This is a time of loneliness and isolation. I know for a lot of folks, it seems like this season just for whatever reason, I don't, I don't know if it's just because it, like, they, they stick out to us a little bit more or if it's because it's reality, but like, it just seems like there's a lot more loss that, that surrounds this time of year uh, from relationships lost to maybe even some deaths that you've, that you've experienced. And so for a lot of people, they dread going into this time of year because of that. The Christmas season has a way of intensifying those feelings of grief maybe that we have Many people experience financial hardships during this time of year, family conflict, and that just kind of all goes into making the Christmas season even more stressful for a lot of folks. So the reality is, is that even though we hear the word peace all over the place, we see and we hear the word peace, it seems like everywhere we go during the Christmas season, for many of us, peace is the last thing we feel during this time of year. We just don't have it. And it's ironic because Jesus was promised to come, as we heard in our Advent reading this morning, Jesus was promised to come as the Prince of what? Peace. The Prince of Peace. And yet in this time of year when we celebrate his birth, peace is oftentimes a little elusive. It's like we're trying to grasp for it, trying to grab it, trying to grab it, and it's like, ah, it's just, just out of our reach every time we try to hang on to it. And Maybe you feel that way today. Maybe you know or love someone who's in that place in their life. And the question that you or someone that you love may be asking today is, in the midst of all of the chaos of Christmas, can Jesus still be today the Prince of Peace? Like, can Jesus still be the Prince of Peace in my life? We're wrapping up our, our series this morning called Above All Names. And, and over the last few weeks, we have taken a deep dive into the names of Jesus, really more of the titles given to the Messiah uh, by the prophet Isaiah. These titles that he gave them were to represent, like, not, not just who he was, but, like, what he would come to do. And, and so we, we've seen how, how these names of the Messiah gave hope to people who felt hopeless. They, they shined as a great light to people who felt like they were living in darkness 
And this is what Isaiah writes in in chapter 9, verse 6. He says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. Again, 700 years before the birth of Jesus, prophesying not just Jesus' humanity, but also his divinity. His humanity in that he is like us, he can relate to us, he's going to walk through this world as we do, and yet a son is given, representing his divinity. He's coming as the divine, powerful God. And he goes and he says, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called, and here are these titles that we've been looking at, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Over the last few weeks, we've taken a look at how Jesus is the fulfillment of each one of these titles as the Messiah. And, and, and oftentimes what we find is that Jesus, Jesus doesn't necessarily fulfill these titles in the ways that we expect. And, and I would say that that continues today. I know when I look at my own life and my journey with Christ as I've, as I've been a Jesus follower, oftentimes those times in my life where I feel like God has let me down, It's not God who's let me down. It's my expectations of God that let me down. I thought that God was going to act in one way, and he did it, and so I feel like God let me down. And then it's almost as if God whispers to me months, maybe even years later, Sean, I never promised to to act that way. But yet we see in these titles an expectation that that was created in people's minds, and so for a lot of people, they missed the Messiah because because when, when, when Isaiah says that he's going to be mighty God, they were looking for, for someone who's going to come and reign with power and strength and political might. And, and then you tie that to, well, the government's going to be on his shoulder. They're looking for a political savior here. And yet Jesus comes as the mighty God, but the mighty God humbled himself to serve others. He he, he kneeled down to wash his disciples' feet. It, what we find in this is that that Jesus' ultimate strength, his might, was in his humility. We read about an everlasting father who is born as a baby. And then we get to this title, Prince of Peace. This is ironic because if you think about it, peace never really followed Jesus around, did it? You read through the Gospels, you read through Jesus' life, and, and... there's not a whole lot of peace. At least not in ways that we typically think about peace. Jesus' mother was an unwed teenager whose fiancé almost left her when he found out the good news about her pregnancy. And then when she was nine months pregnant, Mary hopped on a donkey, traveled across the country. And because of that, Jesus was essentially born in in a barn. And his parents get word that Herod is going to kill all the boys age two and under because of him. And so uh, an angel warns them, you've got to flee, you've got to go. And so they get up and they rush off to Egypt. And so Jesus starts his life as an immigrant living in a foreign land. Living in a place where the people probably didn't really want him there. Not a lot of peace and Jesus is just barely out of diapers. (laughs) Then you get to his teachings. I wonder, have you ever really studied the hard sayings of Jesus? There's a bunch of them. There's a lot of them. Jesus in some places says, you think I've come to bring peace? I haven't come to bring peace. I've come to bring a sword. What does he he mean by that? Jesus says, 
that to follow me, you must deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me, that, that to follow me may means that it's going to put you against your family, like your own flesh and blood may reject you because of me. Not a lot of peace in that. Some of you know the feeling of that. And all of this, it kind of leaves us wondering, where is the peace? And if that weren't enough, Jesus' life on earth ended with about as much peace as it began. He, he was betrayed by his friend. He was abandoned by his closest followers. Those who just days earlier were singing his praise turned on him and they were yelling, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. He went through a shoddy trial. He was condemned to death on a cross. And like you add all of this up and, and not many people would point to Jesus as the Prince of Peace when they look at his life. <laughs> and it doesn't get a, much better when you begin to look at our world today, does it? Like peace is probably not a word that many of us would go to very quickly to describe our world. Deranged shooters walking into schools and theaters and malls killing innocent men, women, and children. Human trafficking taking place all over our world, leaving millions caught in sex slavery. Even right here in our own congregation, there are families who have experienced divorce. Either you or someone that you love has gone through that, and now you're going into the holiday season going, okay, this is all new. Like, how are we going to get all of these different holiday parties in and make everyone happy when now families that used to come together are, are split and, you're, and you're, you're dealing through the reality and the pain of divorce, maybe for the first time, maybe the second time, third, it doesn't get any easier. There are people in our own congregation right now dealing with the loss of a loved one, whereas you go into this Christmas, man, you're going to miss them. And all of this has a way of making us wonder if Isaiah kind of missed it with that whole Prince of Peace thing. <laughs> Like, yeah, we can see the other ones, but Prince of Peace, I'm not quite sure about that. There wasn't much peace then. There's certainly not a whole lot of peace now. And so the question is, how is Jesus the Prince of Peace when we don't really see a whole lot of peace in our lives or in our world when we look around? I was on a flight several years ago from Atlanta to Johannesburg, South Africa, I was going to spend a couple of weeks with some friends of mine who were missionaries in Mozambique. And that flight from Atlanta to Johannesburg, it's like an 18-hour flight. It is excruciating. <laughs> and so we got on the, the plane, and we're about five, six hours into the flight, and I've done as much as I possibly can to like, keep myself entertained. I've watched a couple of movies. I've read a little bit. Uh, listen to some podcasts, and I'm like, I'm done. I can't take this anymore. Get me out of here. And we're not even like halfway there yet. And, and so I just decided, okay, I'm just going to try to close my eyes, fall asleep, and then maybe we'll be, you know, somewhere over Africa by the time I wake up. And so about that time, as I, as I closed my eyes, we hit a little bump, and then we hit another bump, and then this Boeing 777 filled with about 300 people is bouncing up and down and left and right. And, and I've always been told by, uh, by people who are experienced flyers that if you want to know if you should be afraid or not, just watch the flight attendants, right? Because they've been through this enough. They, they know. And so I'm like, okay, I'll watch the flight attendants. 
And that didn't help because they were scurrying off to their seats to go get buckled in. I'm like, okay, so this is the real deal. And it hit me like we are 35,000 feet up in the air. We are thousands of miles from land. Like America's this way, Africa's this way. We're right in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. I thought, man, if this plane goes down, this isn't going to be good. And, and, and I look around and I start to see the fear in my fellow passengers' eyes. You know, I'm, I'm talking, I'm in the middle seat in this, this plane that already felt cramped. Is start, I'm like claustrophobic and it's starting to kick in and I'm clenching my fist and my knuckles are turning white and I'm grabbing on here and I see other people are kind of doing the same and we continue just to bounce up and down, back and forth like a, like a basketball. And it's in that moment where I'm like, all right, Lord, (laughs) give me peace. Like, I didn't pray for the plane to stop bouncing. That probably would have been a good idea. I didn't pray for our safety. Instead, what I prayed for in that moment is just give me peace. And in the midst of the chaos, Jesus showed up as the Prince of Peace in my life. And like the, pain, the plane continued to bounce, but my soul found rest in that moment. And I think, I think that's what Isaiah means when he calls Jesus our Prince of Peace. I think that's what he means. It's not that Jesus is going to come and then all of a sudden everything's going to be hunky-dory, life is going to be fine, all of the evil all of the pain, all of the death is just going to magically disappear. It's not that Jesus would come and everyone would get along and wars would cease and nothing bad would ever happen again. It's not, it's not that we would look forward to every family gathering <laughs> or never feel lost and lonely. Now, there's a version of the gospel that people preach that say, oh, just give your life to Jesus. Everything's going to be fine. You'll be healthy. You'll be wealthy. Man, that's an expectation that God never promised to fulfill. That's a false gospel. And we hang on to that, but Jesus says, no, that's not what it's about. It's in the midst of the chaos. I have come to give you peace. This world, you will have trouble, but take heart. Jesus says, I have overcome this world. I think what Jesus, what Isaiah means is that Jesus would step into our lives in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the uncertainty, in the midst of the pain. Jesus would step into the midst of all of this and be our prince of peace. He would calm our hearts. He would still our minds and our souls. So even if our lives are sometimes filled with chaos, even if our relationships are sometimes filled with stress, Jesus promises to step in and give us peace in the midst of that. Not to make it all go away, but to walk with us in the pain. Today, just briefly, I want to look at a couple of ways that Jesus continues to bring peace into our lives. He continues to be our prince of peace. And the first thing is this, Jesus brings us peace with God. Jesus brings us peace with God. Later in the book of Isaiah, the prophet, speaking about Jesus, says in in a passage that, again, we heard 
earlier, 53 verse 5, says that he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. You see, the scripture teaches that because of our sin, we are actually enemies of God. We, we are at strife with God. There is a separation because, because of our actions separating us from God. And so because of that, what we read throughout scripture is that, that the wages of our sin, what we deserve because of our sin is death. But Jesus bore our sin on the cross. He took the punishment that our sin deserved. There is now peace with God that is available to anyone who puts their faith in Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. There's peace with God. When we turn away from our old way of life, the way that leads to death, the way that leads us away from the abundant life that Jesus has for us, when we turn away from that old life and we start following him. God loves us so much as it was brought to my attention even last week. What does it mean when God loves us? It means that he draws near to us. He desires a relationship with us. And so what Jesus does is that he closes the gap that our sin creates between us and God. He closes that gap and God shows us his love by calling us his children by adopting us into his family. Jesus brings us peace with God. He bore the punishment that our sin deserved. He allowed himself to be wounded so that we could be healed. And because of that, Paul would later write in Romans 5, 1, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, that word justified means just as if we've never sinned. You still with me? You with me this morning? Because this is good news. When we put our faith in Jesus, we have been justified just as if we've never sinned and now we are at peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That is the greatest peace of all. And so Jesus brings us peace with God and then we have, we, we, when, when we have this peace with God, we find that Jesus also brings us peace with others. Like Nothing in life has a way of bringing stress to our lives like relationships, right? In fact, we can, we can probably all think of one relationship that is stressing us out right now. Um, hopefully you're not sitting next to that person. If you are, come and see me after service. We can, we can talk as the holidays are approaching. But we all probably have that person in our mind that over the next few days we're like gearing ourselves up to sit in the same room with them, <laughs> That we're doing this little mental, you know, psych up, like we're, we're playing um, jock jams in our mind, like just to get ourselves fired up about going and, and, do, and spending time with them. We're like, okay, we can do this, we can do this. Because the truth is, we don't want to do this. There, there is strife, there is anxiety right there, there's a whole lot of stress. But as our Prince of Peace, Jesus is able to renew our minds and our thinking towards that relationship, maybe he can restore that relationship. Sometimes that is exactly what needs to happen. Maybe, maybe what we need to have is just a fresh way of looking at that relationship where we say there are definite boundaries that I'm putting in place here because that's what I need. That's part of my emotional, physical health. 
But he renews our mind towards that to where maybe there, there's that thing that, that is between us, but like we don't live in that anger anymore. We don't live in that guilt or that shame anymore. He renews and he restores our relationships that cause us stress. Listen to what Paul writes in Colossians 3, 12 through 15. He says, for those of us who who are now followers of Jesus, he says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Listen, if you're here today and you're not yet a follower of Jesus, if you're here today because a family member, you're in town visiting and they're like, you're going to church with me and you're like, I don't want to but you're here and you're wondering, what is all of this about? What difference does Jesus make in our lives? Why are we here gathering and celebrating all of this? It's because the example that Jesus left for us, we've found is the way of abundant life. When we take off and we get rid of that old way of living where we hold on to anger and, and malice and, and revenge, when we hold on, when we let go of those things and instead we clothe ourselves with compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience, the, the, the way that Jesus did, we find that that's where abundant and true life is. And, and what I found in my life is that I cannot do that on my own. Like I can do it to an extent, but I need the help of Jesus to be able to do the rest of it. I need the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of me to give me strength to have compassion and patience with some folks, to have love and gentleness. So he goes on and he says, clothe ourselves with these things. In verse 13, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive. And then here's our standard. Forgive not as they deserve, but forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Then in verse 15, he says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Other places in Philippians, Paul talks about letting the peace of, of God guard our hearts. This peace that he's talking about, it's not a passive peace where like we just kind of sit back and, and, and let peace just like absorb over us. What it's talking about, these are active words. Peace is going out before us and guarding us. That, that word that Paul uses in the Philippians passage that we actually heard earlier in the Advent reading, let the peace of Christ guard your heart. That word was a military term where they were guarding the gates of the, the kingdom. And if they saw an enemy coming to attack, they wouldn't just wait there for them to attack. They would actively go out and pursue the enemy before they even came. And so that thing that is causing you stress, that thing that's causing you anxiety, that's coming just over the horizon, the peace of Christ is going out before you to defeat that. The peace of Christ is going out before you so that when that happens, you can have peace in your lives. And so we allow the peace of Christ to rule in our hearts, to guard our hearts, to go before us, and that peace begins to flow out of us, and it influences all of our relationships, including those who are the most stressful ones. There's no doubt that relationships are difficult, but following Jesus can bring us peace and restoration even when it seems impossible. 
So as we approach Christmas and family gatherings and the new year this week, how can we have peace? How can you deal with the stress and the anxiety that follows this time of year around? I want to just give a few tips as we close out this morning how you can have a peaceful Christmas this year. Number one, let your peace with God bring you peace within. If you're here, you found peace with God through Jesus, let that peace from God give you peace within. Your identity is in Christ. Your identity is not in what has happened to you. Your identity is not in that family member who has hurt you. Your identity is in Jesus. Here's the thing, and I'm still trying to grapple with this myself. You don't have to live up to the expectations of your family. You don't have to live up to the expectations of your family. It's not your responsibility to make sure others feel fulfilled. Find rest in who you are in Christ and walk in the confidence and the assurance of his love for you. Number two, avoid known triggers. Listen, if you know that there's a topic of a conversation that starts an argument every single time, don't bring that up. <laughs> like you may have to deal with it at a later date, but you know, around the table on Christmas Day might not be the best time to address it. Just trust me on this. <laughs> You'll thank yourself later. Your other family members might even thank you when it's all said and done. Like deal with it. If it needs to be dealt with, deal with it. Nothing is ever accomplished by sweeping things underneath the rug, but nothing's also ever accomplished by bringing a stressful topic up on what's already a stressful day. So avoid known triggers. (laughs) And then number three, remember to stay healthy. Christmas time is often stressful um, because we eat too much, or maybe sometimes we eat too much because Christmas is stressful. I don't know what it is. (laughs) The chicken or the egg, whichever one comes first. Take care of yourself. A lot of times during this time of year, we're up later, we're up early, we don't get as much sleep as we should. And so we don't take care of ourselves emotionally or spiritually or physically. And, and, and I know for me, like I kind of always view those things as three different tanks in my life. I've got my emotional tank, my physical tank, and my, my spiritual tank. And, and like I know when one of those tanks begins to run a little bit low, then it's going to suck from some of the other ones. And so if my emotional tank is running low, then it's going to draw from my physical tank and from my spiritual tank. And so those are going to begin to suffer as well. And it kind of works between all three of those. And so just do, it, do an evaluation. Read your gauges as you go into this Christmas. Where are you feeling a little bit empty? Maybe you need to spend a little bit extra time over the next few days gearing up for Christmas and to have peace in it, to say, okay, I'm feeling a little bit empty spiritually. I need to spend some time maybe just reading through the Christmas story, coming back to worship tonight. Maybe you're feeling emotionally low. Maybe you need to talk to a friend. You need to do some praying going into it. So what area of those, I know if I feel yucky in any one of those areas, it begins to rob me of peace. And so stay healthy this Christmas and you have a better chance of going through the holidays with a little bit more external and internal peace. So as we close today, I want you to imagine just what it would be like 
to live in freedom and joy as you let the peace of Christ rule in your heart and guard your heart and go before you. Think about how your home would be different if peace trumped over anger and bitterness. If you, if you clothed yourself with compassion and grace and kindness that Jesus set for us. And picture what it would be like to go to work next week, a, a new a new woman or a new man because of the peace that you have found in Jesus where you said, I'm letting go of my anger and my bitterness of 2018 or 17 or 16 or 15 or whenever it was. I'm letting go of that. I'm living new in the peace of Christ that's dwelling in my heart. All of this peace is available to you because of Jesus who doesn't come in and change our circumstances but who changes us And he gives us strength and peace to walk through whatever we go through. Why don't you stand with me as I pray? Man, God, you are so good to us. You are so kind and gracious. Lord, thank you that in the midst of just all of the difficulties and the chaos that not just this time of year brings, but just life brings, You promise to be our Prince of Peace. You promise to give us strength and courage to walk through the midst of that. Lord, you did not promise to pull us out. You did not promise to smooth everything over. Lord, you just promised to be with us, to show us your love in that. And so, Father, for the person who's here this morning who maybe their heart is hurting and they are struggling to hold on, God, give them peace. For that person this morning that is, that is not looking forward to the next couple of days because of the hurt that it reminds them of, because of the people that they have to get together, God, give them peace. For the person whose life has not turned out the way that they thought it would and they're carrying a burden they never thought they would have to carry, God, give them peace. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you are near to the brokenhearted. Thank you for Jesus. In his name I pray.